Welcome to the Fierce Fortitude Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Latavia Renee, the Fortitude Coach. I have a very special guest with me, Amy McKay, and I will allow her to introduce herself and then we will get started. Amy? Uh, thanks for having me. My name is Amy McKay and I help CEOs and busy um, other business owners, owners basically to have more time for fun and family. All right. That sounds like, that sounds interesting. That's what we want. <laughs> right? Yeah. So tell me, what is your definition of fortitude or courage? So to me, courage is moving through fear, not avoiding it, not dancing around it, not trying to squash it, but like feeling it, owning it, being with it and allowing it to just shift into being more powerful. That is courage to me, you know, and to be able to do that, follow your heart, um, not follow the, you know, direction of what everybody else is telling you, be able to do it without support if you have to. um, That is courage and fortitude to me. Love that. I love how you said we're very much on the same page with that. It's not avoiding it. It's not finding a way around it. It's going straight through it. Um, And over here, the listeners can't see, but when you see the video, you'll be able to see. I have next to me that fear is not your liability. It's your leverage. And that was the approach I had to take with fear. Uh, In some areas, I'm like, I can't overcome it. So until I can overcome it, I'll leverage it. I'll use it. Uh, like you said, you go straight through it. So I love I that. Use it to your advantage. It's there. Yeah. I mean, you know what you resist persists. So you yeah. just better work with it. <laughs> you yeah, know? I like that. <laughs> Make it work for you. Make it work for you instead of against you, right? Right. So if I'm not mistaken, you're a mindfulness coach. Mm-hmm. I do mindfulness-based um, coaching and, and corporate training. It's geared towards being very, very practical in everyday life. Like I realize that not everyone's going to sit around and I've walked into places and people think that I'm going to have on a funny hat or make them be in yoga pants and sit and meditate and always have this image of a monk on a mountain chanting Om or something. And it's not like that at all. I make it very practical. There's lots of different ways you can be mindful. And my passion in it is really the neuroscience and the capacity to, you know, rewire your brain to be a benefit to you and to just be a more conscious leader and develop emotional intelligence. So those are, you know, why, I mean, think about it. It's a little bit better to pause before you send that text or email. Right. So um, that comes in handy, you know, that's the practical application or when you're stressed uh, in traffic or something, I sense my hands and my feet. I mean, there's just ways to tune in that help make more, you know, relaxing more conscious, more peaceful state. And I don't do it perfectly. I mess up lots of times. That's why I know. <laughs> so yeah, I like that very practical approach to connecting to the moment and, mm-hmm. and taking a pause before you uh, say or do something <laughs> that yeah, you might practice regret. The pause. <laughs> practice the pause. We all need to. Right. So I'm interested in what sparked your journey uh, to start working in this area. Well, it's kind of a long journey, really. I, um, I originally started with personal training. My whole life, I actually wanted to be a doctor. So I spent my entire life, I said from the time I was three, I'm gonna be a doctor. And then my mom died when I was 20 and I didn't wanna be a doctor anymore. I felt it was just awful. And then I spent my 20s sick, chronically sick, had nine neurologists. Um, yeah, none, none helped. And I finally, my now 18 year old was really, really sick. And I mean, I was really sick and had this baby and I was too sick um, to take care of her one day. And so I really did literally crawl out of bed, had to crawl to a phone to get help. I was in so much pain. And that was it. I just said, I'm not going to do this anymore. I've, I've changed my mind. Like I, I can't uh, 
So I just started looking for other things, you know, I went on, online, fortunately, and just started asking questions and found all kinds of things and mm-hmm. realized that fitness, nutrition, and meditation were these phenomenal things, changed my life relatively quickly, realistically. Um, and then I was spending all this time, I'm like, I, I saw all I care about, like, I just love all of this. And this, I'm so inspired, and I feel so much better, I just want to share it. And so my first certification many, many years ago, and I do the continuing credits for it to keep it because it's a national accreditation, but I don't use it, but it was in personal training. And ever since then, there's just one thing's always kind of just led to another. I'm very fan, a big fan of working out. I love to lift weights, but I hate to do personal training. Like it's not, I don't want to design programs. I don't, I just, I don't want to spend the day in the gym. I'm not, it's not my thing. So um, as my life evolved and things happened in my, my personal life, I always had to find new resources, new things to over ways to overcome things. And so it just, that's what it developed into. And looking back, I've always had a passion for the neuroscience part and the brain stuff. I want to be a, a brain surgeon when I was, you know, a neurosurgeon when I was 10. I want to be an anesthesiologist when I was 18. So I think I finally really found the heart of what I was meant to do now. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And I can see it. Like I can see that you live, breathe and eat it and you're enjoying every minute of it. Oh yeah. I love it's it. Awesome. Oh, to thank see. you. Yeah. And I'd like to point out to anyone who's listening, like it started with a decision. Like you decided one day, I'm not doing this anymore. And you look for an answer to how to do life better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. I can pay it off. Yeah. (laughs) Start with a decision. That's a really good phrase. It started with a decision. Yeah. Yeah. So have you leveraged your fears in creating the life that you desired to live? making that decision. Yeah. <laughs> Realistically, yeah. That, that decision to take one step and a different mm-hmm. step, you know, and it's every day it's one step. Sometimes, sometimes it, you know, sometimes all you get is one step, but mm-hmm. that, uh, that one step towards what you want is how, even if you're afraid, just take one step. Yeah. And that that's encouraging because sometimes we can look at the big picture and that's what we overwhelming. Overwhelm- exactly. And yeah. you can just break it down to, OK, I can handle this one step uh, mm-hmm. and take it one step at a time. You know, we've heard it over and over again. How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? So you take it one step at a time and, <laughs> and cut out a lot of that overwhelm. So very mm-hmm. good advice there. Who primarily do you serve in your business? Uh, like executives and CEOs, and then some healthcare workers as well. Um, I used to serve a lot of people that had health issues because mm-hmm. um, I do some alternative, natural, like energetic healing and intuitive work as well. Yeah, um, yeah, and and I love it. It just uh, it was getting draining. Mm-hmm. So, and I felt like I had two separate businesses. So this past year, I've been really trying to focus on how to bridge them, put them together. Um, and not be clear on this intuitive side and, you know, the stigma that can kind of come with that or the corporate side. I really want to find a way to merge those and be more of like an intuitive mind coach, you know, not just a mindfulness coach, but let's, let's, yeah, let's train sure. everybody and not a mindset coach either. Cause that's not, that's such a minimal. Yeah. I don't, I, I think mindset's absolutely everything, but how you get to having the right mindset looks very different and it's not, what a lot of mindset coaches teach. So I wouldn't want to be, be known as a mindset coach, but I, I definitely like the intuitive mind teaching someone how to use their mind differently. Yeah. And that's, that's a muscle that can be so hard for so many people to build 
uh, is to be able to trust that intuition. Intuition. To be able to know that that's something real and it is something that you can count on. It's, it's the more you use it, the stronger it gets, stronger. the better you get at listening to it and knowing how to no move way. and when to move. Uh, so that's an awesome space. And to be able to bring that, uh, I'm so um, excited. I'm going to watch. I want to see where this goes to see how you're bridging the corporate bridging. world with that. Because imagine if businesses were run by people who were that in tune. Right. Wow. They, they <laughs> two visionaries then, right? And that's, exactly. that's also why I wanted to switch to working with the CEOs and those people because they're already in leadership positions. Yes. And if... I can help those people become visionaries. They're going to ensure that everybody else does, you know, because right, they set the tone for the business culture. The whole and all place. Of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good forward thinking there. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I'm just imagining like, I would love to, if I were working for a company, I would love to work for a visionary who knows how to tap into their intuition, who knows how to um, use that, to set the tone for the business and yeah, to create the culture, right? I mean, exactly. you want to create visionary people that are self-aware, that are emotionally intelligent, empathetic leadership, all those yeah, things. Oh, come yes. from, And that's my goal. You know, those are the hardcore things. Cause with that comes all the things corporations are really looking for, right? Mm-hmm. They want reduced absenteeism. They want to make money. Like they want to save time. They want happy employees that stick around. All of these things come if you quit trying to get hit the bottom line, you actually meet their needs, right? I mean, if we yes. intuitively and creatively know, all these answers, you know, are there. That's right. And I love, you're just, you are all in my backyard here. So I'm, I'm really <laughs> like, I'm lighting up now. So I'm thinking about how you're bringing up if they would focus more on meeting the need instead of the bottom line and the people who you have will make sure you exceed that bottom line every time. Every time. They're going to come to work with more energy, with more ideas, with more creativity, with more of themselves, the best part of themselves. Mm -hmm. And the company can't help but thrive if everyone is able to operate in that type of energy. And in my practice, I talk about anabolic and catabolic energy. And a lot of companies are using uh, what I refer to as catabolic energy. And so you might be proverbially cracking the whip and getting things out of people, but it's not the best that they can give. It's what they're just giving you under pressure. Pressure. Using that anabolic energy, the energy that they use to accomplish their work, it wraps back around and feeds back into them. And then there's so much more energized than you could ever imagine. And that spreads like wildfire. So man, I love the space that you're in. I love the energy that you're bringing to that. And I love the idea of being able to bridge that corporate world with the power of their own intuition to lead, to be conscious, conscious. leaders. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's exciting. Want, right? That'd be a company that their turnover would go down. Go down. <laughs> they're going to make more money than they ever thought possible if that's their bottom line, if that's what they're really wanting. Yeah. Say, hopefully, ideally, they would tune into being like, I'm happier being compassionate. I'm happier being yes. empathetic. Uh, you know, I don't have to, I don't have to push for like, yes, obviously we are business owners, right? So we know we have to look at numbers. Yeah. We can't avoid statistics and, and the reality of that. It, it can't be avoided, but we know how to adjust it differently instead of pushing, pushing, pushing. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Uh, love that. When you're, when you approach a company and you're introducing them to maybe a new way of thinking, 
What do you, in your experience, has been the biggest pushback that you might receive from a company when you're first starting to open them up to another way of approaching business? Leadership won't show up. There'll be leadership that hires me and then they don't come to the classes and I'm mind boggled by it. I'm like, hmm. you just, your culture just said, yeah, we listen to, we understand you guys are having some issues, but it's not really our problem. We're going to get you someone to, it's going to work that out for you, but we're not going to practice what she does. And that defeats the whole purpose. Again, this is why I said my focus now has to be the past yeah. year. I've been like, I cannot do what I was doing. I have to really focus on getting these people that are leading on board and them saying, coaching the, CEOs and saying, let's get training for the, for your teams. Let's do it that way. So right. then the coach, the CEOs and executives already know they've already worked with me. They know they trust me. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm towards trying to work towards doing that all the time. Now. I'm just thinking you make a really good point about how, and it, it's common uh, with the leadership, they'll get someone to fix a perceived problem, but they don't perceive themselves. As, as part, part of the part problem of the solution or a part of the problem or part of the solution. And so as we always say, yeah. if you're not part of the solution, in your opinion, how do we close that gap with the, with the CEOs? Like how do we get them? To I, see? It's difficult. I read an article. Um, I think it was on LinkedIn that was talking about how the head of the heads of company are the ones with the least self-awareness. My goal is to reach as many of them as possible and try to teach them, help them to learn more about themselves and go out and, and ask their teams and their employees or whatever, what is it you need? Like validate them, what is it you need? And see, like ask them how they perceive you. They're gonna to have to ask the hard questions and maybe they already know, but I think that, think about it, we run businesses, it's easy to be overwhelmed. Like it's so easy that you don't right. stop. So getting them to stop and be like, okay, I have to take, um, I have, I've worked with this woman, she's only like 27 and runs a business, Mm -hmm. um, several businesses. And it's taken me, I've worked with her for, well, the whole COVID mess came down right about the exact same time, like a month after she hired me. So there was that little bit of a lot of different challenges. So it looked different, coaching just looked different, but getting her to, it took like a year before I could get her to actually be like, yeah, I'm taking ownership of my life and I'm having some boundaries. I realize that I have all this, this company, all this stuff to run. My self-care is vital. And she finally said, the culture in these, and she works largely with men. She's like, it's going to be up to me no matter what. I'm like, yes, <laughs> we've been saying this, but she's finally ready to own it. But it yeah. took a lot of like, what are you doing to take care of yourself? Like basic stuff, what's your self-care? And the, I don't, um, I don't have time. You know, I don't know how to my schedule has to be this way because of this, this, and this. Yeah. Well, she ended up taking the time and saying, took her a, a while to get it worked out. And she's like, I just changed the schedule. And so it works for me, but it took forever to work out all these details, which like I changed it. And now it's still a lot of hours, but they're the hours that will work for me. And I yeah. still can do these things, but you have to take ownership. So getting business owners, CEOs out of that, I'm stuck. I have to do all of these things, you know, ask for help, uh, change the tone, but getting them to, see that is the, you know, the challenge. Especially when you're working with someone who um, is living at least their perceived definition of success. So they feel like everything is in place. Now, those are the ones that will take you a little bit longer to get them to open up and say, (laughs) hey, you can have this and you can also not lose your mind <laughs> in, exactly. the process. in the process. <laughs> um, it doesn't have to be so hard. <laughs> yeah, because 
they're used to, you know, just going after it, going after it, going after it. And they never take the time to say, okay, I need to just sit. I need to relax. I need to think I need to recuperate from Mm -hmm. all of the work that I'm putting in because they're so used to it and it's paying back rewards. It truly is. But it goes back to what I was discussing earlier about that catabolic energy while you're using it. It's using you. It's eating you up. You can do it the same thing with that anabolic energy and it will keep re-energizing you. And you'll and in that you'll allow yourself the time that you need in order to take care of yourself so that you can be more prepared to take care of anything else that you need to take care of, be it business, family, or what have you. That when you were talking, I was like, Yeah, I bet this is someone who like they know how to make money, but they may not know how to make a life. Like they know how to make a living, but you also want to have a life. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Awesome. What's the biggest obstacle that you faced in sharing your message and your expertise with the world? Perfectionism. Oh, huh. Yeah. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> Not being good enough, needing to do everything, whatever has been, um, that's been by far the hardest. Also not ever feeling like having clarity. I don't know if that was a perfectionism thing too, but always having a little bit of um, uncertainty Mm-hmm. If I wanted to do the corporate part, or if I wanted to do the spiritual intuitive energy part, like I always felt very separate and I didn't feel very authentic. So, mm-hmm. but again, it was a perfectionism thing. I think probably still underlying that, but yeah. Yeah. To those of us who are right there with you in our perfectionism and, and struggling <laughs> through that, what would you say has been maybe one of the most effective ways that you have approached that in your own journey? Well, I have... I ended up with health issues again related to a bunch of hormonal issues and adrenal issues because I pushed too far. Yeah. So I spent, I actually, my daughters are eight and a half years apart because I quit ovulating and stuff because I was sure I didn't have any of the other health issues, but I um, worked out all the time. I had a very, very rigid diet, although all, all organic and very well balanced. I had very limited fat. I didn't have, I mean, it was still pretty. Ended up eventually turned into this very rigid, me controlling it, me wanting to do it perfectly thing. And I ended up with um, exhaustion issues. Yeah. So um, you're forced to reevaluate what, can, and now I'm 47. So every year it gets a little bit easier. I didn't like to, I'm very independent and self-sufficient and I've always taken pride in being able to do that. So asking for help always seemed like a weakness. Um, but I'm like, the more I pay attention, I'm like, these people that are in leadership positions and doing things, like they hire the people that do the stuff that they're like, that's how that works. Like quit thinking you have to do everything and do it, whatever. Like you just look around, you know, look around my experiences and look around. I'm like, oh yeah, just now I'm like trying to hire people for everything and like, <laughs> simplify as much and be like, this is what I'm good at. And this is what I love to do. Do that and everything else. Outsource. <laughs> but that fear, you have to get through that fear that someone else, because you know no one's ever going to do it like you. No one's ever going to do. And that's fine, actually. That might be yeah. better, you know, yeah. in reality. Yeah. So, yeah. You're right. You're right. So um, get things as simple as you can get them. The things that don't light you up, those are the things that you can hire someone else to do. And I, a lot of leaders will tell you, I'm not the smartest person in the room. I hire the smartest, the smartest person, person in the room. Uh, so they yeah, can handle these exactly. things for me so I can do the thing that I am good at. Good at. So, yeah. When you think, like, the more you think about it, I was like, um, that's like a no-brainer. Why did I not pay attention <laughs> or, you know, resist that to that? 
that degree. Yeah. Now I'm like, who who can do this best? But you still have to oversee everything. I mean, you're still yeah. a CEO, right? I mean, we are right. business entrepreneurs, but we're CEOs. You still have to oversee it. But Indeed. Good deal. So how does fear usually show up in the people that you serve? And you just explained one way, like we don't trust enough, especially our, the perfectionists. Uh, we don't <laughs> trust other people enough to handle uh, things in the way that we would. But what's something else that you have observed? Anxiety, especially the past couple of years. I mean, anxiety is a huge, huge, um, people are scared of so many different things. Mm-hmm. And there were so many changes this past year. Like my kids got sent home, which was all, that's anxious for anybody. Like I'm <laughs> yeah. trying to figure out a homeschooling thing. And there's just a lot of things. And then I think when you have a lot of responsibility, it just causes a lot of anxiety. And again, trying to be perfect, trying to do it all causes overwhelming anxiety. It's I think a lot of people who didn't experience it before kind of got a glimpse as to those of us who were experiencing it anyway. Already. (laughs) Um, Yeah. They're like, oh, I get it now. You know, um, Mm -hmm. a lot of people who just for whatever reason, they didn't experience it prior to, but this was so different and so massive and on such a large scale for so many of us. So many people. And it brought so many people into that space of that, for me, overthinking that is my Achilles heel. <laughs> right. It's, yeah. Um, a really. You can create all kinds form. of things that aren't there if you're overthinking. Exactly. <laughs> it's this really sneaky form of fear that yes. grows other forms grows. of fear. It, it never comes alone and it, it can, oh, it's so creative. Uh, <laughs> I am too. I, I did the other day, went down a rabbit hole in my own mind and I was like, get out, get out. You don't have to be here. <laughs> yeah. And I love how you said that. That's one of the, it sounds so simple, but it really is profound. Just being able to acknowledge when you're doing that right. and saying, I don't have to do that. I don't, I don't have, to, have do to be there. Um, that's something I experienced just yesterday. I'm having a really? much better today today than yesterday because yesterday I allowed myself to go down that trail and you know, I had to readjust. But I love it when it happens because it reminds me of where my clients are. And it, it makes me a more effective coach. Honoring the things that I'm Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly. huge. And you can you can make a conscious choice off of it. We in, always called it monkey mind. And my first, yeah. my first life coach was 15 years ago. And I still have the, it's on a, a purple sheet of paper. I still have the original sheet and I make copies of it for my clients. But mm-hmm. it's all these like thoughts that we tend to have and what they're mean, like if they're shaming, if they're blaming or all these things and you read through it and you're like, I don't quite do it that way, but I do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have that thought and like, that's the underlying thought. You go down that and you're like, oh, I'm just feeling not good enough. Like that's basically what's going on there or, mm-hmm. or whatever it is. I'm like, but I have that. When you become aware of that thought though, you can change it. So exactly. um, sometimes it sucks to find out that stuff about yourself, but. <laughs> but yeah, awareness, that is a game changer. So a very good first step is to just say, okay, let me look see what's going on and create the awareness. You don't have to have all the answers. Nope, you don't have all the answers at all. You don't have to act yeah. at all. I think the answer comes when you're when you just sit with it for a minute. It's like you know what your what action mm-hmm. or not uh, not even an action sometimes. So yeah. that's yeah. that intuitive piece though, right? <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, but that's where you get to that thread of awareness does so much. Like you get that awareness and then you can allow the intuition to tell you what comes next. next. But mm-hmm. without the awareness, you can't even you get it like you're closed off to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. 
What is your favorite quote about fear? You know, Brene Brown has a whole bunch that I like, but I think my, um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, she really just, all the things about shame and vulnerability and guilt and stuff are always, um, and self-worth and things are always beautiful, what she says, but the, there's something to the effect, everything you want on the other side of fear. I mean, that's at its simplest and it's true. I mean, we're, what we want, we're so terrified of whatever it is, but what we want is just right over there. I agree. That, that has been, that's what started my journey. Like I often ask, like, what's the spark that started your journey? That's the spark that started mine. Like I woke up one day and I was, everything you want is on the other side of this immobility that you're experiencing due completely to fear. And Mm -hmm. for the most part, it's just in your head. Like you've made up, you've used your creative, your creative (laughs) power to make up this story that keeps you from crossing this bridge. But as long as you're able to be that creative, why don't you create a new story? New story, right? So created a new story. And so you and I are together on this bridge (laughs) right now. This is the bridge that's taken me to the other side of fear. And I got to say, I love it. It's an amazing journey. Mm -hmm. I've met so many wonderful people and learned so many wonderful things, even though this is just the beginning of something. Yeah. So what's been the greatest benefit in your own life? of walking across your own bridge to the other side? Well, I mean, the health stuff's obviously helpful, but I think the fact that I am significantly stronger, maybe freedom. Mm -hmm. I feel more, I feel a lot more freedom to be me, to like do the things that I love. Freedom's probably, yeah, freedom's probably at the top. I agree. And that's one of the top answers that I get. And it's really, it's not like we all coordinated that answer. It's that you experience it. When you face the fear, you realize that there is a freedom that you were denying yourself prior to okay. facing that fear. And we've heard all of these quotes. There's nothing to fear but fear itself. False evidence appearing real. All of these things. And it is the truth. And if you will go ahead and you face it, and as you can, I always point the wrong way. Oh, I pointed the right way that time. <laughs> it's hard to tell when you're on Zoom, right? <laughs> Fear is not your liability. It is your leverage. I think I referenced this uh, (laughs) over my my right shoulder for every interview that I do. And it's a reminder even to myself that it's it's not my liability. It's my leverage. It is a gift if I can view it that way and use it that Mm -hmm. way. So um, I found my freedom through learning how to leverage the fear rather than being frozen in place by that fear. So yeah, I have to agree with you that freedom is one of the biggest gifts that you can give yourself when you're facing your fears. Mm-hmm. I love asking this question. Uh, just a, it's a personal story behind it. Mm-hmm. And so I often ask people, who is your childhood superhero? You know, when I read these questions, I thought uh, I didn't really, nothing like came to mind. And I thought mm-hmm. about this even the other day I was thinking about, I was trying to come up with vision boards and affirmations and these things and I was like who the heck are my heroes even now so what came to mind though too to them like well let's just sit there what goes to mind so Wonder Woman's what came to mind and I had this image of Wonder Woman and I remember I had Wonder Woman underoos or whatever so I'm like that must have been <laughs> that must have been <laughs> my um yeah Wonder Woman I'm thinking that I'm be- laughing because you said you had Wonder Woman underoos, and I'm telling you, I'm not making this up. I'm not even kidding. Um, I was in Walmart one day and I saw like superhero underwear, like for adults. 
for adults. Wonder Woman was one of them when I bought them. It's like my favorite pair. <laughs> At 40 years old, my favorite pair are my Wonder Woman underwear. I know, TMI. TMI. It'll <laughs> be authentic, right? It is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who would you like to thank for the impact that they've had on your life? Um, well, my girls, first of all, my daughters, they inspire me. They empower me. Like they make me want to be a better person. Like oh. always, they're the reason I want to get out of bed in the morning. Like when there's no other reason, like they are it. Um, so them, and I've had some awesome, since we're coaches, like awesome coaches, Sean Fargo, Carlos mm-hmm. Adele, yeah. um, my first coach, Susan Koenig. Those are three people that I can say, I can sincerely, truly I've had some coaches that weren't the greatest coaches, but those three people have had this really big impact. And then of course my parents and in very, very different ways and in some ways that could have been negative, um, taught me to be somebody I, you know, taught me to be a different person. And then in some positive ways too, you know, my mother's the one that taught me to, to be an original. She always wanted to be a leader. And my father taught me the value of hard work and honesty. So, and those are, those are values, things that resonate and things that, like that's of who I am today. So yeah. they obviously mattered um, yeah. and made an impact. So that's that would be like the main people. But there's so many amazing like you. I mean, I get to meet so many people, and you talk to so many great people. Right. Things. So I'm grateful for the internet at this point <laughs> because yeah, I've been really connected to so many people because of it. I couldn't imagine, and and you know the the world has been through pandemics before. And I'm thinking all the time, like, my goodness, how did they do it before they could connect even from a distance in the way that we have, that we're privileged to do? To do. I would yeah. have gone crazy. <laughs> yeah, I don't, but I don't think they ever sent people's children home either from school. So that's part of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trapped in here with them. Let me out. <laughs> my, kids, my kids had such a dim eye. Yeah, them in the house. And my oldest was fine because she's a super... They're both very, very highly intuitive and my mm-hmm. oldest is super creative. So she literally would be online for a few hours and go to the basement and sew. So she was very happy to just be creative all day. Yeah. And the youngest was physical and social and uh, yeah. sitting at home and not letting, not having to be able to play with friends and do something active was horrible for her. So she developed anxiety and all these other things and nightmares and stuff. So, um, so I'm grateful that the world seems to be making a turn and I hope that we can inspire people to be better people and I don't know healthier people so we don't have to deal with this crap (laughs) (laughs) yeah I I really hope that we are winding this down and and getting back to we won't get back to what we were but that's probably good (laughs) yeah for better or for worse yeah I agree um I don't think I want exactly what we had uh, Mm -hmm. to be quite honest but I do look forward to the opportunity for us all to come together and help define what our new normal will be right yeah there is, there's a gift in that yeah, yeah. A gift in creating that and having community and new connection new connection there's a gift in that i don't want to speak in ways that sound uh too mystical but oh you won't you can to me because <laughs> we'll have a conversation one day just you and i because i one day i might write a book but people are going to think that it's fiction because it's so out of this world literally so yeah. oh we have that in common <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I just think the world, it it does what it needs to do when it needs to do it. And that's not to to belittle anyone's experience. We've, many of us have lost so many loved ones uh, to this pandemic. And that's terrible. Absolutely, absolutely terrible. And so I don't want to 
seem like I'm not sensitive to that because we're all going through that together. But I also feel like in everything that has happened, some of it that even feels just wrong and needless, and we've gone through so many different emotions, we've also learned so much about ourselves. We've also had this mirror to each individual. We've had a mirror held up to ourselves. I think a lot of us have seen ourselves in a new way and we didn't always like what we saw. Right. <laughs> um, but I think it gave us the opportunity and I can't remember who said this quote. Uh, I can't remember who said it, but it, it, they said in, in essence that life shows you who you are and gives you the opportunity to decide if that's who you want to be or to make changes. And I feel like the whole world kind of got a moment. Moment um, of that. Yeah. yeah, this is where we are. Let's decide who we want to be moving forward. The whole world got, it's odd that we became so connected in a time where we also became so divided. I almost right. can't put that into words, but the whole world had a common experience. Right. Uh, and people common thought, trauma. Yes, exactly. Trauma, very fitting word. Uh, and so some of us who thought we would never experience certain things experienced it. And I think that gave us some compassion, empathy, empathy towards others who already knew what that experience was like but we didn't so I think we're in a different place I think we're a different world for better or for worse and I do pray that we we make better <laughs> with what we've learned yeah conscious choices. wake up be more conscious and I think I think we've been forced uh, you mentioned earlier like the the choice had to be made like you were brought to a point where you had to the health said you have to. Your body said this is all we can take. Yep, we're done. Something has to change, and I feel like the world kind of did that to us. Like this is this is it. Like this is where we are. Make a decision. Make a decision together. Making decisions. So it'll mm -hmm. be interesting to see what our new norm is as we're building. Yeah. Uh, so, are there any closing remarks? Anything that has been left unsaid that you'd like to offer offer listeners at this time? No, I just want to thank you for what you're doing. When, I, um, when I've been on the calls with Carlos, I always want to be like, yes, I totally relate to you. So um. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for being here with us, for bringing all of you in this moment. You've been so much fun. Uh, I am, I'm like a leech. I feed off of energy. I hope that doesn't sound creepy, but <laughs> when someone brings me good energy, I, I sop that up like a biscuit. So, it's all yours. <laughs> I was sending you some love. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm receiving it. I felt that. And I thank you so much. Uh, so tell everyone where they can find you if they'd like to work with you or learn more about you. Um, LinkedIn is always a great place, but um, my websites are Amy McKay. It's A-M-Y-M-C-C-A-E.com. And then mindfulnessleadercoach.com. And um, yeah, email me or uh, set up virtual tea. That's always fun. Awesome. To all our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. You've been under the wisdom of Amy McKay today. And I hope that there is something that we have said that can encourage you and help move you forward. If you would like any more information about Fortitude or Fortitude Coaching, please visit Fortitude.com today.